This is the Bart and Han Show on 98.7 ESPN. I am so excited to do this. I've been chomping at the bit watching this man. You can see him on television, first things first. His podcast, What's Right? He is the great Nick Wright. Joins the show. What's up, Nick? How you doing, man? Ty, happy Labor Day. Good to talk to you. What a weekend of college football we had. I assume you're bringing me on to talk Caleb Williams. Maybe a little Travis Hunter in Colorado. I know you're not bringing me on. What I, this might be my first time in 10 years on local New York radio during a prime weekday day part. And I know you're not bringing me on to try to turn my adopted hometown against me by making us talk about the most overhyped team in the NFL. I know that's not why we're here. We're here to talk Caleb Williams, I assume. Yeah, Caleb Williams, who somehow is already a top five quarterback in football, uh, according to your pyramid, which is uh, well, very yeah, interesting. Are you, are you watching? <laughs> are you watching? Did, did, did you see him? I mean, I, I don't know what more you, you need to see from him. But uh, but go ahead, Ty. I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll let you run the show. Thank you for having me on. What are we talking about? All right, so this is – let's consider it like a little tune-up. We're sparring because you're you're getting ready to go on and take some haymakers from Kevin Wiles and Chris Broussard. I love the TV show. So let's get you ready. You guys have been talking a lot of Jets lately. The, the question is yeah. simple. You have, you, you have them finishing – you don't just have them missing the playoffs. You think they're going to be in last place in this division. I, I need to hear your argument for that. Well, I think they're going to be a seven or eight win team, and I think that'll finish last. I think the I think the Bills won't be as good as they were last year record-wise, but they're not going to plummet five wins. I think the Dolphins had, you know, the, everybody talks about, you know, well, what about Tua's injuries? Tua they dealt with the two injuries last year, and they still found their way into the playoffs. I think the Dolphins could be quite good. And the Patriots had a defensive coordinator as an offensive coordinator, had Mac Jones you know, regress, and lost at one game in the most cartoonish fashion imaginable, that Chandler Jones lateral against the Raiders, and they still won eight games. So all the— Oh, that's sad. We just lost him. That's sad. He was getting ready to go into to how, you know, that the Patriots are going to 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 be better than expected just because you know, you you get the offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien there, and I, which I understand. When you have Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running your offense, that is a recipe for a disaster. And Mac Jones goes from being a, a Pro Bowler to what he was last season, which I understand, but I. I you talk about the cartoonish, and I'm going to hit him with this. You talk about the cartoonish win they had last year against the Raiders. Look at what they did in Foxborough against the Jets and how they won that game. Do we have him back? All right, Nick. So You, you can't would... censor me, Ty. You can't, you can't just because I'm, I'm making great points. You can't hang up on me because I'm bursting your Jets bubble. I don't know where I was in my, in my eloquent Patriots. dissertation the about pa- the AFC East. The Patriots, the Patriots car- had the year from hell they still won. They still won eight games. And so then you have the New York Jets, who have no team ever has gotten more love for winning seven games, five of which were against backup or third-string quarterbacks that than, than this year's New York Jets. No team – if we know anything about the NFL, it's that the one thing almost no team can overcome is a disaster at the offensive line – 
everyone's just been whistling. Oh, see, this is this is bad. Look, what's happening here? We got to get him to a better spot. We got to ask Nick to get to a better spot because I've I've been I've been looking forward to this conversation with him. He's been so down on the Jets, and look. If you are someone who are of the mindset, the Jets are the Jets until they're no longer the Jets, I get it. When you've missed the playoffs 12 straight years, it's hard for even by adding a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Pro Bowl running back, it's hard for the general public outside of the New York area to gravitate toward this idea that you, you have been thrust into Super Bowl contention conversation, especially when you have a head coach who's got some question marks because uh, uh, of you know what's going on with him he's 11 and 23 through his first couple seasons so i get it um but it, it's it's tough to 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 sell me on all of that went right last year having a, a top 4 defense adding the weapons with Lazard and Cobb and i get you're going to you're going to miss Corey Davis cuz you don't have a real true number 2 but Garrett Wilson in year two, finally with the quarterback. There's so much to love about this team. I just find it hard to believe that we're going to go from winning seven games with no quarterback last year to once again winning seven games or eight games, which is the best-case scenario. He says it might be our phone system. He says uh, it, you hang up on me again, and you hang up on me again, and we're, and we're not speaking. They, you're you're trying to tell the audience I have some, you know what I mean? I'm calling you on some cricket wireless, you know, daisy thing. I'm not. I have perfect phone service. We're on a landline. This is outrageous that you're doing this to me. When I am just – listen, Jet fans are great fans. They've been through a lot of trauma. They've been through a lot of hardships. And they are – and I am trying to just make sure they – this is where we should be with the Jets right now. Ten and seven and a wild card berth should be a cause of massive celebration it would be it would be literally the most successful season for this team all right yeah it's our phone system i don't know what's going on it's our phone system but we're gonna have to find a way to rectify that because i really want to talk to nick so if we can get you know you know call somebody to see what's going on mo's in staten island while we are in the interim waiting to get a better connection with nick Wright, uh mo's in staten island wants to weigh in what's up mo Hey, Mo. What's up, man? Um, great show. Um, so I, I, I keep hearing this this point all offseason. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers. They're going to be in every game. They were in every game last year. If you look at the games they lost, they give up 20 points and lose. I think they give up, what, 20 to Detroit, 19 to Jacksonville, 20-something. To, to They gave up 30 points in one game last year, and that was against the Vikings. And we put up points but couldn't win. We were in every game last year. If With Aaron Rodgers, we're not going to be in every game. We're going to be dominating games. We're, we're going to have leads. Yeah, no. Um, Listen, I, I understand that, and I wanted to press him on that as well, because, and I appreciate the call, Mo. You, the, the Jets last year had, what, five games where they allowed 20 or fewer points and loss. Remember that week eight game in, in – or no, it wasn't week eight. It was week eleven when they were in Foxborough. They allowed the Pats' offense to score three to- uh, three points, three points, and lost that game on a punt return for a touchdown. Then you go to to week fourteen when they lost to the Bills, a game that they were in. Michael Carter fumbles in the red zone. Josh Allen's offense put up twenty points. They lost that game. The next week, the the Lions who would come in red hot scoring, uh, they, they were putting up thirty on everybody. They held them to twenty points and then lost on that fourth down play for midfield. Lost that game to the Jags on national television on Thursday 
where Trevor Lawrence's offense put up 19 and then week 18, you know, in a game that didn't really matter anymore because both the Jets and the Dolphins were pretty much locked into, you know, their situations. Skyler Thompson scored 11 points. So five games last year, five games they lost with teams scoring. Actually, that's six. Uh, yeah, five games last year they lost with teams scoring 20 or fewer points. So if the defense is as legit as we think it's going to be, it's hard for me to imagine that even if you don't think Rodgers has, even if you don't think Rodgers has, hello? Even if you don't think Rodgers has that next jump in him, going back to being an MVP caliber quarterback where you you won two straight, even if you don't think that's the the leap we're getting from him, average quarterback play last year would have gotten him into the playoffs. Average quarterback play. So that's the only thing I'm saying. It's, 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 again, maybe Super Bowl or bust is a bridge too far because I do think the conversation swinging that far in that direction might be a little bit premature. You look at the conference, it's tough. It's going to be tough to get past Kansas, Kansas City and, and, uh, and Cincinnati. We're going to give this one more try, Nick. We're going to give this one more try. Ty, you, you, so let me add, let's do this. This way, in case you guys hang up on me again, <laughs> you'll be the one talking, and it won't be so annoying for the audience. I just want to ask you a couple questions. Okay. Do the Jets have a good head coach? Uncertain. 11-23 and 23 through his first two years, uncertain. Okay, correct, uncertain. Let me ask it a different way. Do we, is there any evidence he's a good head coach? No, none. Is there is there evidence he's a bad head coach? Uh, evidence that he's a bad head coach is strong. I would say no, just because you, he had the worst quarterback play in football the last two seasons. So I would say no. And his defense, which is his oh. specialty, uh, they were fourth last year. So I would say no. Evidence he's Do bad, you, no. Okay, so you say there's no evidence on either side. I would say 2-10 and 10 in the division, 11-23 and 23 overall, and, and game management and clock management that is lacking – is at least partial evidence not a good head coach. Okay, is it on the board that the Jets have a bottom five offensive line in the league? On the board, yes. Worst case scenario. Okay. What is the likely outcome for this offensive line? I think the likely. The likely. I think likely is and maybe you say I'm being too optimistic, but they got a, a, a maybe an all pro with AVT there. Uh, so the and Beckton is a former first round pick. I know he's played what forty three snaps the last two years. Likely, I think, is they finished like a, a, a bit average. But worst case scenario, average. I, yeah, I think likely average. will be average. Hold yes. on, that's likely. Hold on. Well, all right, then let me ask this another way. What's the best case scenario for the Jets' offensive line? Isn't that average? Isn't the best case scenario that they're average? Oh, a little bit better, just because having Rogers back there, who's you know, it's not just about what you have in front of you. It's his ability to diagnose a defense, get guys in right position. I think that can help them, even if you have the same offensive of line from last year. Him being there takes you up a few notches. Okay, all right, fair. Listen, I agree with that, but I think their best case scenario is average. The likely scenario is markedly below average and the and the disaster scenario is that it's you know uh, it, it cripples them all right now let's go to another another piece of this what is your expected what what where do you think rogers finishes this year amongst quarterbacks 
I think he'll be a top like five this quarterback. Year he is the I top think, five? Yes, I do. Because, I, listen, and I'll give credit to Mangini who pointed this out. Like, is he closer to the guy who last year was, was by his standards, pretty average, or the guy who in three years prior touchdown to interception ratio was 111 to 13? And now he's got Garrett Wilson, who's a stud. And, you know, he's got some familiarity with Lazard and Cobb. And he's back reunited with his offensive coordinator, Hackett. So I think that there is tremendous upside. For, I don't think he's washed and he's lost it. So I feel like he can be a top five So player. how do you explain last year? What is the explanation for last year where he was not a top 12, top 14 quarterback? What is it? I think that a part of it is his problem, not showing up to OTAs and training camp and getting on the right page with his young receivers. I think losing Devontae Adams hurt him as well. And then the injury that he suffered, what was it, week five against the Giants breaking his thumb, that, that played a part in it as well. Okay, the, we're we're now calling this a broken thumb. I, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm comfortable with that. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with saying he had a broken thumb on his throwing hand and missed zero games. Zach Prescott actually had a broken thumb. He missed Uh-oh. five. I got you, Nick. I got you. Yeah. Hey, hang on, hang on. I got you. Yeah. Well, remember when your boy LeBron broke his hand in the finals? We called that a broken thumb. Missed no games. How about that? Well, hold on. Okay. Well, it's two very different things. One is. LeBron was mocked mercilessly for for wearing an air the the splint afterwards. Nobody thinks he actually had a broken hand, or I shouldn't say nobody. Most people say he's lying about that. And basketball is not football, and so yeah, there are different things that you can maybe play through and can't play through. But that's neither here nor there. The I, the and yes, Aaron Rodgers had amazing stats those three years that you talked about all with Devontae Adams and all younger and all at a different place of his career. I think Rodgers is, you know, somewhere between at this point of his career, the eighth to 10th, 11th best quarterback in football, assuming it doesn't drop quickly. And I don't think it will. I think he is going to be slightly better than last year. But the point I was trying to make in the beginning is if the Jets last year, were five and twelve, which I think they were a five and twelve level team that ran into and I know everybody says they won seven games with this the worst quarterback situation in the league. And that's true. But five of those seven wins, the other team had a quarterback situation just as bad. It was it, it, the, the the Jets so the, this year when you are, if you basically, if you normalize for quarterback play, which is you're not going to be playing and getting your wins against backs up and third stringers, then the advantage of going from Zach Wilson and Flacco and the disaster quarterback situation at the Rodgers is muted a little bit. And where I think the Jets have screwed up the messaging and where I think the media has not helped out at all is by treating this team like, if they were to go 10 and seven and make the playoffs and lose in round one, that it's a disappointment. Like that might get Salah fired. That got Mangini fired with Favre. Like that when that would be an awesome season, especially when you're in either the best or the second best division in league, when you're in a loaded conference and when everyone is saying the whole reason for this optimism is we have this great quarterback and if you make the playoffs in most of those AFC matchups, 
the other team has the better quarterback. And even if Rodgers has an amazing year, all those MVP years of late, he has ended the season by falling on his face in the postseason. That's the other element of this. Even if you get vintage Rodgers, what does that mean for January? Vintage Rodgers hasn't had a defense this good. And you keep talking about, uh, you know, how they, they won games against backup quarterbacks. We don't only have to look at the wins. Let's look at the losses. Week 11, they lost okay. to Mac Jones. Mac Jones' offense put up three points, three points, and the Jets lost that game yeah. on special teams. Then you go Josh yeah. Allen put up 20. Jared Goff put up 20. Your boy, the Prince, Trevor Lawrence put up 19. Skylar Thompson, 11. So, like, they lost, what, five games last year allowing 20 or fewer points. So just average quarterback play is able to, you know, compensate for what they were getting in that regard last year from under center. Agreed. Agreed. And so some of those losses turn into wins. But then also some of the wins that they got because Kenny Pickett comes off the bench in his first NFL action and throws three picks. And two is already out. Teddy plays one play and Skylar Thompson comes into game the game. Some of those games turn into losses, which is how a seven win team stays around a seven win team. And I under and I agree with you. There was a point in Rogers' career where the playoff losses, like the Atlanta Falcons NFC Championship game, it felt like it was twenty one nothing and Rogers had thrown like three passes. Those aren't on him. But the last few two years ago, his the the opposing team scored zero offensive touchdowns and he lost and how did he lose missing a pass in the biggest spot of the game in a tie game at home against a a jimmy garoppolo quarterback i watched that game with you that game i watched with you (laughs) that was devastating for you ty was just in shambles because he's a lifelong jets and aaron Rodgers fan which is why this is so going to be so painful for him last year the year did not end for the Packers because the Lions scored 40. The year ended for the Packers because Rodgers threw a game-losing pick at home in a de facto playoff game. Like, that's, that is, that's not on the defense. There is no way to put that on the defense. And why we're, And here's the other thing. I don't think you believe the Jets are going to have a gaudy regular season record Rodgers, tell me your last, the last great Aaron Rodgers road playoff moment. It's, it was when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, it was, 20, yeah. okay, no, it was yeah. 2016 against the Cowboys. The Cowboys, yeah, the Jared Cook. The, the Jared Cook throw, yeah. Yes, okay, you're, you know what, that's exactly right. You're right about that. And that was a great game, and he was awesome in that game. That was seven years ago. That was seven years ago. And so I just, I mean... I, I don't I don't see it. I know everybody else sees it. I don't see it. Well, what doesn't make sense to me is you're down on the Broncos. You're down on the Bills. You're down on the Jets. The Chiefs are the only team a, making the playoffs this year. No, no, I'm not. First, no, I the the Broncos. Of course, I'm. Listen, yes, I am down on teams who have super expensive, super high maintenance quarterbacks who the last full season we've seen them play has been the worst season of their career. So I am down on the Cleveland Browns. I am down on the Denver Broncos. I am down on the New York Jets. 
I am not as down on the Bills as I, some, some people have the Bills missing the playoffs to make room for the silly Jets. I don't have that happening. I just don't think the I, I don't think the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. I think Cincinnati's excellent. I think Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh should be getting the hype that the Jets are getting. Pittsburgh's best player missed seven games. They had quarterback play as bad as the Jets did last year, and it was a rookie, and they still won nine games. And they have a top three coach instead of potentially a coach that's about to, you know, this could be his last time as a head coach. Like, Pittsburgh I like a ton this year. I obviously like Jacksonville because of the schedule and because they actually have a great quarterback. And I think Miami – with the addition of Vic Fangio, the defensive addition, and I understand this is a massive if, if the quarterback stays healthy, is a dangerous team. And then, yes, of course, there's Kansas City. That's a half dozen teams that are hands down better than the Jets. Oh, I can't wait so to like, see this uh, unfold. Um, we got to have like I mean, some type don't... of a wager, man. Like We got to put something on the line. We have to. What? We, okay. we we, we got to figure it out. Just just because, like, if you're saying Rodgers can be the eighth best quarterback in the league with this defense as good as it is, that's good enough to to be a playoff team. And you okay. have them missing let's, the playoffs outright. Playoff? No, listen. I you are listen. I have them winning seven or eight games. I am not going to act like it is an impossibility that they are the seven seed that they sneak in. I, I it's not what I believe will happen. But it's, I'm not I'm not treating them like they're the Texans, where they have no shot whatsoever of being a relevant team. I do think that there are seven or eight teams in the AFC more likely when more likely to be in the Super Bowl. Forget the NFC. I do think talking about them like a Super Bowl contender. And I, listen, I think Sauce Gardner is a phenom. Quinn Williams is obviously a worthy All Pro. Mosley, and you're right, Salah is an excellent defensive coach. But there are about 10 teams right now that people like to say are top five defenses. Some of those teams are, by definition, not going to be. And I don't know if it's going to be the Jets or not, but I think the Jets are more likely to be the seventh best defense in football than the best defense in football. And if they're the seventh best defense in football – they have no path whatsoever mm. to winning the division, being a 12-win team, and all these things that folks are seemingly taking for granted. Uh, look, we'll agree to disagree. I'll say if they drop down three spots to get to seven on defense, that's still really good, and you've improved from the 32nd worst quarterback position uh, of any team in, in football to what you're saying could max and peak at eighth, I think you're in a good, uh, good spot. Let me ask you quickly, because I know you got your TV show in a few moments here. Couple quick things I want to run through with you. Uh, how many games you got the Chiefs losing this year? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, last year, the last time they were the defending Super Bowl champion, they were going to throw out Week 17 because they had locked everything up and they rested Mahomes. They rested everyone. Going into the Super Bowl that year, they were 16 and one. And obviously, they got rolled in the Super Bowl, the first ever road Super Bowl, wildly unfair, probably should have an asterisk. But <laughs> the idea that they, I mean, they, they were a game away from running the slate the last time they were defending champs. And this team is far better 
everyone has retconned what the conversation on the Chiefs was last year. The conversation on the Chiefs last year was with the trade of Tyree Kill, with Mahomes regressing because teams had done too high and figured him out, the Chiefs were going to take a step backwards in the short term to create long-term sustainability. And that was exactly correct, except for they won the Super Bowl anyway. And so when you played seven rookies on defense, when you developed young receivers, and you, while doing that, and traded away one of the three best players on your team, when despite that, you won the Super Bowl and went 17-3, and yeah, call me crazy for thinking they can be a couple games better than that. Did that, did yeah, that, team, have, I, did that team have Chris Jones holding out? No, that team didn't have Chris Jones holding out. And Chris Jones, I, listen, do you think Chris Jones is going to play for the Chiefs this year? Yeah, at some point, but it sounds like it might not be yeah. until week nine. Well, week eight is what, yeah, I mean, he could, he's got to show up by week eight. So if the question, if you're asking me, can the Chiefs go 20-0 and without Chris Jones? No, they can't. Can they go 7-0 and without him when all of their divisional road games and their game against the Eagles, Bengals, and Bills all of their toughest games are after week seven. Yeah, I think they can go 7-0 and without Chris Jones, and I don't think they'll have to. I don't think he's going to miss two months. I'll leave you with this. Just, just to make you feel uncomfortable, uh, start bench cut for NFL MVP. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Daniel Jones. Oh, well, I mean, I'll start Rodgers. <laughs> I love I'll it. I'll bench. Well, I mean, you gave me you gave me Daniel Jones and Russell Wilson. I'll um, bench. Daniel Jones and I'll cut Russell Wilson. But listen, America, I, I, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's maybe this is that that everyone's trendy to different. Depending on what show you're listening to, the like trendy pick is either the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, or the New York Jets. The three most cursed fail son NFL franchises <laughs> in league history. Everybody loves all three of them. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? I think they're all going to disappoint somewhat. And my evidence is everything I've said to you, plus the entirety of their team's history. That's what I think. Maybe I'll be wrong. Listen, I'll see you week four, man. Chiefs, Jets, Sunday Night Football. I'll be hanging out with you for that. What's Right is the podcast. First, First things first, the television show. My guy, Nick Wright, really appreciate you, bro. Yeah, thanks for not hanging up on me this time. Talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, that went very long. Thank you to Nick Wright for joining us. We'll get back to your phone calls. 800-919-3776. Alan Hahn, uh, Bart Scott, uh, that's their show. Ty Butler filling in for those guys. We're going until 3.30 today. 98.7 ESPN. You can't censor me, Ty. This is the Bart and Hahn Show on 98.7 ESPN. Roster cuts here at the station. Getting down to the, the uh, 53-man roster. Joe Leo's got to go after the disaster that was last segment. You know, the, the phone line connection. I was geared up, you know, for that interview with Nick. And we just couldn't figure out the phones. He's putting random calls on. Joe, how do you explain yourself? The moment too big for you. It's- no, moment I don't think is too big for me. Um, technical issues, technical difficulties. But you have to wear that. We, I do have to excuses. wear that. That's, that's, that, that's on me. Uh, I apologize profusely to Nick. And... Hopefully, we can be better with Brandon Jacobs coming up soon, and it won't be an issue for for your new co-host on Sundays. You you know how we're going to have to punish you for this. What's that? 
25 minutes from now, you will be taking the reins and bringing us into the power hour. I'm ready. So we're going to ring you out. We're going to allow the masses to, to hear you embarrass yourself after what just happened last second. I hope I can do a better job than a couple of your attempts, but it's not looking bright Don't for me. Don't try to turn this around on me, my man. I wasn't the one dropping Nick's connection. Uh, that was a, a big-time interview right there. We're going at it. I love that. I could talk to him for an hour, but he's, he's got his TV show to do. That was fun. He's not high on the Jets. I look forward to the back and forth this season. And, again, I understand that coming off of a season where they finished the year losing six games, they haven't been to the playoffs in 12 years, that the Jets, until they're no longer the Jets, I get it why you don't want to put them in the Super Bowl conversation. I just can't quite figure out last place in this division. Uh, New England, look, 14 straight losses. You have to account for that. Good thing you'll see them week three. But they've got the worst quarterback in, in, in the division, uh, the, the Patriots do. The, the Dolphins have the biggest question mark at quarterback just as far as his health is concerned. And everyone seems to be taking a step back on the Bills. Uh, but it was fun. I, I, I could talk to Nick all day. Rob's in Melville. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's up, Ty? What's going on, man? So we know like how the line is like a, a big concern as it is, but there's some interchangeable parts that you can work with the line. The one thing that I feel like Joe D missed on was getting a serviceable backup when there was guys out there. So if Rogers goes down, it's you know, it's a terrible look on the team. I hear you. I I think we make too much sometimes of the backup quarterback situation simply because if he goes down, the Jets are cooked. There aren't too many teams that could survive it. And you look at the Cowboys last year, lost Dak for five games. Cooper Rush goes 4-1. and one. The Chiefs lost Mahomes for a partial part of a playoff game. I, I get it. If he goes down, though, if Rodgers goes down, this team's drawing dead in this conference. They're drawing dead. And maybe they should have a more suitable guy just in case because he's an aging quarterback and you don't trust Zach. Could you imagine Zach Wilson, week four, Sunday Night Football, Rodgers is feeling crampy, and Zach's got to come into that game against the Chiefs? Do you feel good about that? Of course not. But I think overall it's all about keeping him healthy. And if he stays healthy, the Jets have an excellent shot. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good afternoon, Ty. Shout out to the company. And boy, did you just give me a nightmare? And that's the truth scenario, bro. Just <laughs> that. So, uh, oh, with, with uh, uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's, none of us. Zach Wilson doesn't even want that to happen. We'll, we'll just say that. You know, backup quarterbacks are rooting the gate, and he doesn't want that. Yeah. So here's. So I, and I gotta say, you know, I, I, I was definitely listening to Nick Wright, <laughs> and I, and it, it was just hilarious because. He's so down on the Jets, but yet he you got him to admit that the quarterback, which was the worst in the NFL, will somehow improve to at least top ten in at least top ten in the NFL. And the defense is only going to drop three spots, but somehow they're gonna miss the playoffs entirely completely and still be the same old Jets. I don't get it. This I'm like this is like 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 this is what happens when you do finally hit on that quarterback after you know 50 years of futility and you know ridiculousness because the Chiefs were not that far behind the Jets. I'm sorry, you know, and when, and you know before Andy Reid got there, they were not making the playoffs consistently. They did not run into Patrick Mahomes and everything. So I get you know, you know, hey, if I had Mahomes, that we we would possibly be the same way saying our team's going to be 17-0, and which is the most ridiculous thing. You could tell he's doing that for TV. 
Well, listen, I appreciate the call, Jose. Uh, I, I do not have the Chiefs going 20-0. I mean, rightfully, they're the favorites in the AFC. They're the favorites overall. When you have your quarterback host five straight AFC championship games and win a Super Bowl on one leg despite not having many weapons at, at, at receivers, MVS, Sky Moore, I mean, come on now, Juju. And, of course, Kelsey's the best tight end in football. But the array of weapons that he had at his disposal and still managed on one leg to win a Super Bowl, yes, the AFC, for you know all intents and purposes, until further notice, goes through Arrowhead and the Chiefs. But 20-0, I don't know about that. Audio files coming up next, 800-919-3776. Ty Butler in for the guys. Going until 3.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Bart and Han Show on 98.7 ESPN. At this time, before we get back to the phone calls at 800-919-3776, we step aside and allow the headlines to do the talking in a segment we like to call Audio Files. The Audio File. All right, so let's start with the Mets. I think it's silly for us to be talking about you know, trading Pete Alonso. And by the way, Audio Files brought to you by Jackpocket. Why is it silly? Because he hit, you know, 40 home runs, and there's more to it. But let's react to Pete Alonso, who, you know, talked about reaching 40 home runs yesterday. I mean, it's great. It's great hitting 40 homers. I guess it's just uh, capitalizing on mistakes and trying to stay locked in over a long period of time over the course of, of a regular season. But that means a lot. But the one thing I'm really excited about is the is the RBI thing. That just means that everybody in front of me is just putting together high-quality at-bats, and I'm able to do my part and, and get them in. So, I mean, Nims, Francisco, Jeff, and anybody else. I know Alvy hit, hit in front of me for a while, but everybody who hit in front of me over the course of and Starling, everybody over the course of the year who's hit in front of me it's just awesome that they're giving me a chance to uh, to drive guys in and it's, it's been it's been awesome 40 home runs 100 rbis for the second consecutive season fifth player in baseball history with at least three 40 home run seasons in his first five campaigns who are the others you ask that would be hall of famer ralph kiner hall of famer eddie matthews uh and ryan howard and, and uh albert pujols so why is it on the table that you're going to trade your best player uh, the guy who, for this franchise, is the best home run hitter ever. A guy who, you know, worst case scenario is going to give you 37 bombs. Best case scenario is going to give you 53. He is well on his way to being part of the 500 home run club if he stays healthy at this rate and would be a Hall of Famer. You drafted, you developed him. He is great for your fan base because they love him. You're trading him. Why? Because, you know, the going rate for first baseman is what it is and you don't want to exceed that mark. Well, you've got an owner who all we talk about is rich, who's got more money than God. Money should not be a factor. The idea that you're going to trade your best player, which moves you further out of contention and which moves that window further and further away to me is ludicrous. But here is uh, Francisco Lindor. Does it surprise you that Alonzo is involved in trade rumors? No, we've all been part of trades. And it's going to happen again. It's going to probably happen to me. It's going to happen to everybody. You know, every, every player goes through a waiver. If you're knowledgeable and you understand the game, everybody knows that that's part of the game. And until a contract is done, we can end up anywhere. Do you think a contract will get done? I would hope so. He hopes so, and he should. Met fans have been through a lot. And you give them credit because they've endured... You know, a lot of losing seasons, haven't won a championship since 86, and they take a lot of punches from Yankee fans. Some of that's self-induced, but they've been patient. They have been a team that is always 
you know, nothing short of optimistic. And I think what helped them transition from, you know, this being a massive disappointment and one of the biggest failures just in sports history, when you look at the expectations and the amount of money they spent, what helped them transition was them being sold on, you know, look, it's not working out. Let's trade these guys who still have value rebuild our farm system because that's what's going to help contribute overall to the health of this organization and then maybe next year we're more competitive but definitely the year after that we're going to be right back into you know fielding out a team that we think is in championship conversation how do you get closer to that by trading your best player away just doesn't make sense to me but uh it is what it is we'll see what happens with pete alonzo and the mets uh moving on to the yankees what a weekend for the team. What a weekend for the youngsters. Their first sweep against the Astros since 2013. Dominguez hit two home runs. Love what you're seeing from Wells. You've got Pereira. You've got Peraza. So that youth infusion has captivated the Yankee fan. So now you feel like it's must-watch the rest of the season. Not because the games matter. Not because you're still in playoff contention. But you just want to see if the you know if they're the jewels you were sold on these guys being solutions possibly so you want to see that come to fruition and if that happens then the yankees are in a lot better shape uh brian hoke was on the pat o'keefe show and he was asked is there hope for dominguez and wells to start opening day next season absolutely i I think that you wouldn't be bringing these kids up here in september if that wasn't part of the equation and so there's no guarantees obviously they've got to get through september they got to get through spring training healthy and they got to win the job but i I think what you do is you set them both up in a situation where they come into spring training next year and the same way they did with anthony volpe this year said all right we're going to give you a legitimate chance it's right here for dominguez center field for for wells catcher for the other kids as well too give them a real shot and say all right Let's see what you can do. Now is your chance. Go out there and get it. And we didn't really think in spring training that Volpe was a legitimate contender to open the season at shortstop. And I don't think anybody would have argued back in February. I mean, he barely played a triple-A the same way Dominguez has barely played a triple-A. And so I, I thought the most likely scenario this spring was going to be that Volpe would open the season at triple-A and maybe got a call-up during the year. He accelerated his timetable by having such a great spring. So I, I think that what that shows Dominguez what it shows Wells, what it shows the other kids is it can be done. Like, go out, play great, outplay your competition, and you'll be in New York. And why that has to make you feel, I mean, just fantastic if you're a Yankees fan. One, uh, two of the holes on the roster uh, heading into the offseason will be catcher and center field. So if you can't erase that by putting these guys in those positions, and look, you don't want to overreact to one series. There's still a long way to go in fixing what has been a mess and an historically bad season. But if Dominguez can continue to show, you know, he is going to be somewhere close to what he was projected to be. Austin Wells answering the questions about whether or not he can be a catcher, you know, defensively, then that that goes a long way. And I didn't mention Volpe. I keep mentioning these young guys. I don't want to have Volpe fly under the radar. The batting average isn't what you want it to be. But he's giving you a a ton of production, home runs, and then once you get on base, uh, he can steal. So he gives you the speed, he gives you the athleticism, and boy, can he pick it at shortstop. Will be interesting to see where he falls in that uh, gold glove situation there, uh, if he can win the award. But if you're a Yankee fan, just based on the potential of the young core, we got to find a new nickname. Baby Bombers is not going to work. Baby Bombers 1.0 didn't work, so let's find a new nickname. But whatever it is, Excited about the potential of this young core. Got to feel great going forward about what this team can be. Uh, They look lifeless. They look lost. They look like they had quit on the manager. 
But they go to Houston and they beat the Astros handedly. Would have been fun to see it in 15, 17, 19, and 22. But it, once the games don't matter, got no problem beating the Astros. Here was Patty Trainer on the uh, Pat O'Keefe show uh, as we transition to football. Are the Giants okay with flying under the radar in New York compared to the Jets? I don't think it matters to the Giants, to be honest with you. I mean, I think when they say, look, we're only worried about ourselves, I think that's the smart approach to take because, you know, you can't control what people think about, you know, who's the, the, the big brother of New York and who's the little brother. You can only worry about what you need to do. And, you know, that's the approach I think that Brian Dable and, and Joe Shane are trying to stress in that locker room. And you hear that from the players. So, you know, are they okay with being the little brother right now, you know, on paper? I I would say it doesn't matter to them, you know, would be my guess. Oh, I think it matters. And I think the Giants are going to be geeked up for that Week 8 game uh, in a stadium that was referred to by the Jet quarterback as Jet Life Stadium. They hear the noise, and they have to be at least internally questioning, wait, so we are the team that in the last 16 years, or really the organization in the last 16 years that has multiple Super Bowls. We're the team that just last season made the playoffs and won a playoff game. And yet, the team across town, the Jets, who haven't been there since 2012, haven't won a championship since the Nixon administration, they're getting all the headlines? Okay, we'll see about that in Week 8. But I I absolutely think Dable and company have to love that the expectations and the noise around them isn't as loud as it should be. I'll tell you this, and we'll get more into it in the next hour. The expectations for the Giants should be that they make the playoffs. And I think if they don't, that is a massive disappointment. But uh, finishing off audio fouls, the question is, who won the weekend? Well, it would be the guy who was keeping all of the receipts, and that would be Deion Sanders, who, you know, won't answer the question from a reporter that doesn't believe. Here was Deion Sanders after that big win for Colorado over TCU. What's up, boss? You believe now? You, you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe now? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I ran through that bull junk you wrote. I, I ran through that. I sipped it through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. Uh, and he's keeping receipts going the old, uh, Robert Sala path to, do, to doing things. Here was him on will you be keeping receipts all season? I'm not vindictive like that. I just like them to know that I know that you really ain't with me. You really ain't with us. You really don't believe. You really don't want to see me win. You don't want to see me in victory or at peace and have joy. I know you don't want to see that, but I love it. It ain't nothing different. Why would I expect something different? It was like that when I played, right? So I'm just I'm playing another game. I'm just out, off the field. I'm not on the field now, but I can affect what's on the field, and I'm thankful for that. I really am. I love it, but first and foremost, let's just acknowledge what we've all known. When coaches and players say they don't like to watch, read, or listen to the media, never believe it. They're not telling you the truth. They use it as fuel. They say that to kind of you know shutter the noise, silence it you know internally so it doesn't cause too much of a distraction but they're paying attention to what the media is saying but i love this from dion it's awesome he's got a ton of personality obviously and what he was able to accomplish i mean yes it won the weekend everyone deserves their clap back and he went full bruno they don't believe me just watch because uh, think about like the path to him getting here now it's only one week but what he's had to go through he was the subject of major backlash uh, the criticism was harsh for leaving Jackson State after turning that program around, especially from my community, the black community. They felt betrayed because instead of him staying there as a presence, 
that would continue to highlight the issues around HBCUs and the lack of funding and resources. Uh, what he chose to do was, in their eyes, chase that Pac-12 bag, go to Colorado. They felt like it was needed for him to stay there, bring success, garner more attention for HBCUs. We know there's a struggle, and there's a clear ceiling there, but he was going to help elevate their potential because of his growth and his development. So when Dion shows up, you're thinking, you know, there's a chance to change our circumstances. But he left, and then people started to actively root against him. Wishing poorly on him and his future. And we know he dealt with the health issues. He was out there celebrating, dealing with the pain. But, and, you know, on the heels of all of that, all he did was first game of the season, match Colorado's win total from the entirety of last year against college football's runner-up, TCU. And I was watching first take. Shout out Shannon Sharp and uh, Stephen A. That suit Shannon wore today was awesome. I was watching first take today. Colorado, uh, they mentioned this. Colorado... Yes, went 1-11 last year. That's that's not even the worst part. They lost all of their games by an average of damn near 30 points. So for him to come in there in game one, beat the 17th ranked team coming into the season, where they were 21-point underdogs, nothing short of sensational. Shador Sanders, his son, 38-47, 510 yards, most ever by a Colorado quarterback, four touchdowns. I mean, the, the stats are just gaudy. And imagine being Dion on those sidelines as your son is putting together this all-time pro program performance, especially after you were ridiculed for bringing him in. Bringing him in? He was chastised for that. What, what type of decision are you making bringing this guy to be your quarterback, your son? So they go out there, they get their first road win since 2021. He's revamped the entirety of that program. What they have? I believe the number is 88 or 86 new players. So he came in with his plan, his vision. And at least for one day, for one week, and for one week, he gets to boast about the success he had. Because boy, oh boy, was that a victory. Boy, oh boy, was that a win. So I'm happy for Dion. That's Audio Files brought to you by Jack Pocket Powerball. Uh, Mega Millions, play the official state lottery games on your phone with Jackpocket. Download the Jackpocket app and get your first ticket free using code ESPN. 18 or older, gambling problem? Call New York uh, 1-877-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY. NJ users call 1-800-GAMBLER. See jackpocket.com slash TOS for terms of service. That does it for audio files. Coming up next, we go knee-deep into the NFL. We're just three days away from the start of the season, and I'm excited for it. 800-919-3776. Hit me up on Twitter, at Ty D. Butler. We're going until 3.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Bart and Han Show on 98.7 ESPN.